in Easter joy, dear Christian friends. Have your parents or your parents' friends ever done or said things that when you heard them or saw them, you thought was really crazy at the time? And then as you grew up and you got older, you understood and it wasn't so crazy after all? Raise your hand if that's happened to you. When I was a little boy going to our Lutheran church in Garland, Texas, my pastor dressed like this every Easter. And I thought, that is really weird. <laughs> Even the shoes. And I, I thought, what, you know, what, what, why does he have to do that? And uh, he came out every Easter morning. His name is Harold Schrader, wearing these white duds like this. And uh, it accented Easter for all of us families at that little church. And I have that picture in my mind all these years. I've been a pastor now for over 25. And I have wanted to do this for a long time. But I thought my kids would think I was weird. And I bet they do because I didn't tell them I was doing this today. But I don't care now. Because my pastor that when I was growing up went to heaven this year. And we in San Antonio put his remains to rest and celebrated the faith and the resurrection that he had. And I thought, you know, this year I'm going to honor him and Jesus by doing this. I had to run around this big city to find stuff like this. But here's my point. Jesus is worth it. That's what, that's what my pastor taught me. That's what pastors everywhere try to teach their people, right? That's what he's worth it coming out here and risking the weather and do being here outdoors thinking about resurrection at Easter time. He's worth it. He's worth this. And I hope that this white suit sticks in your head the way it did for me, but for that right reason. It reminds us of the Easter joy, and it reminds us of the angels who were gleaming in white, and it reminds us about God saying, this is what happened here. And in fact, if God had not sent the angels to say this is what happened here, none of, nobody would have gotten it, especially Jesus' closest friends. They weren't getting it. And I'm going to read to you the Easter story again. It's in all four Gospels, but we'll read from Matthew and say a few things about it as you see them posted there on page 6 in your little folder. On the first day of the week, Sunday, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They had not had time to do that Friday night because they were Jews and the Sabbath prevented them from staying out past six and doing something like that. So they waited through the Sabbath Saturday and on Sunday they went out there. They were heartbroken, you know that. They found the stone rolled away and it was much bigger than that and men, four or five men could roll it. But women couldn't. They didn't even know who was going to roll it for them. But it was already rolled away. When they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord, Jesus. And they were wondering about it. Was it stolen? Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you up in Galilee? 
The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered Jesus' words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. That's the disciples. Remember, Judas has killed himself and to all the others that were with him. The people were, this was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and others with them who told this to the apostles. Now get this. But they did not believe the women. Wives, it's been happening a long time. Because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up. And it says in another gospel, John was with him. And they ran out to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away saying, he is risen. No, (laughs) he ran away saying, wondering to himself what had happened. There are three points here. The first of all, Jesus is risen just as he said. That's what happened. But they were his friends. They were the ones as friends who had heard him talk about this for a long time. That's what the angels are saying. And they had experienced it all. And through the announcements that he was going to die on a cross, and, but he's going to rise again, they are, were so human, so real, so like you and me, they could not wrap their mind around it. They had watched him beat up and die and they had watched people bury them. Some friends of theirs had taken that corpse, and if you've ever been close to someone who's passed, you can tell they're gone. There's no question in their mind, and people don't come back. That's our biggest grief. And so Peter's wondering, what happened? Jesus later that day, when he was walking to Emmaus, said to a couple of them, You guys are slow of heart to believe. You're slow. You could already have the joy of the resurrected Christ, but you're slow of heart to believe. Those angels were the witnesses that told the truth. The women were the witnesses learning the truth that went and told it. And then later, the apostles would be the witnesses. I'm wearing this white so that you'll remember the angels. I'm his messenger on Easter Sunday at this little place. And there's messengers all over the planet Easter saying this. Jesus rose from the dead. He really was dead. He really did rise. And there's no scientific proof. It's all based on witnesses because it's a miracle. Make your mouth say that. Say miracle. miracle. Yeah, it's a miracle. It's not something that you can explain, you only accept it. He was dead and he's alive again. And if we think we're so big like Peter or the women that we can figure it out and then we'll believe it, well, then we don't want God. We want to be God. And the angels didn't bother to say how it happened. They just said it happened. Because God doesn't have time with your short life on this earth to explain to you how he does miracles. And you couldn't handle it anyway. And you wouldn't do the right thing with it if you knew it. He just wants you to believe the miracle. He rose from the dead. And if he rose from the dead, and he did, there's there's a conclusion that you must come to and I must come to. Everything that man said is the truth. 
Everything. Well, what did he say? The angel said, remember what he told you while he was in Galilee, that he was going to die and rise again? But what else did he say? This is what Jesus said. I knew Abraham 2,000 years before I was born. I created all things. God, the Father, and I are one. This is what he said. I created you to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. This is what he said. I know the thoughts of all people and that he, everyone is sinful from the time their mother conceived them and fail at loving God with all their heart, soul, and mind and their neighbor as themselves. This is what he said. I'm coming back with the angels to judge every human being that ever lived. Every single one of us is going to go before his throne. That's what he taught. He rose from the dead. So what he said is true. He earned the right. He's the Savior of the world. He's God himself. And everyone will pass before his throne. And he said, I can read every thought. I know every word or deed you've ever done. And I don't, this is what he said, I don't want to condemn you. I do not want to do that. But I satisfied, this is what he said, I satisfied my justice. The justice of God and the love of God met at the cross. And so when we come before his judgment seat, the judge has scars on his hands. And this is what he said, your time in your life is a time to know me and believe in me as the one who took away your punishment by taking it upon himself. He authored you. He's watched you mess up. And he fixed it all because he loves you that much. And that's what he said. And all of that was behind what the angels said when they said, he must be crucified and on the third day rise again. And then this message must be proclaimed. Go tell his disciples. And then Jesus later said, go tell the world. And that's what we're doing. And it's the greatest news on the planet. It's the best and the mostest for all of us. Jesus is risen and everything he said was true. And, our, and then here's the third point. We're making it. Our biggest problem is solved. Yeah, it all seems like religious talk. Until you face your own personal death. Then it's real. Then you want to say, what did my pastor, why did he wear that white suit? <laughs> um, can, I, can we get some of those words back? Because I'm facing the end. I've been coming out here because I work at this church 25 years preaching this good news. It's a very different crowd because in 25 years, a lot of people that have sat in your chair are gone. But they're gone to heaven. Some that were there last year are now in glory. Death is real, but so is salvation. We all need it. We all want it. And he's got it, and he's giving it, and he loves us. And that's what Easter is all about. And now the preacher says, can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> Isn't that great? So my, my pastor, let me tell you another thing that happened. Uh, because I was just about 17, 18 years old, and, and you just... As much as you think that you've experienced life, you have not experienced a lot of life. And we had a grandma at our church. Her last name was Bender. 
Grandma Bender, and she was all of our grandmas. She gave us birthday, little birthday trinket presents. She made a lot of cookies and a lot of rolls and a lot of coffee cake. And Grandma stood there in the narthex, that's the lobby of our church, and she greeted people just calmly and gently and lovingly. She was probably four foot, eleven and a half. And she had very thick glasses and she could barely see. And she had a, a palsy to her. She kind of shook. But there's one thing I always felt is, you know, as an adult, you're processing this over and over again. Grandma Bender was the epitome of kindness. Whenever you're around her, you just felt kindness. And you just got moments like that with her or from her. You didn't get a lot. but And it wasn't a very big church family. But when she passed, it was the first time death had come close to me and my family and friends for my teenage mind. And I was mad, angry, and afraid, and grieving. And I wasn't sure what to think. Because that's the story of a heart, right? We're born lost and we have to be drawn back. Well, the family named sons of the congregation to be your pallbearers. So I was among the six or eight men that were there. Two of us could have carried her little casket. And they put all the pallbearers in a, in a um, special limousine to ride behind the hearse. And the pastor rode in the front seat next to the driver. And when he hopped, my pastor, when he hopped in, and I'm just staring out the window in kind of disbelief and grief, this is what he said. He turned around, and we're all standing in the back. He goes, well, dear Grandma Bender, that dear, dear soul is gone. But she sings in glory, and you can trust that. Well, his faith, his hope, and his confidence in her soul rising And her body rising again gave me freedom to believe. Do you understand? Yeah. I'm standing here today as just one saint among many, but I'm telling you, you have the freedom. Look at that empty grave. You have the freedom to live in hope. You have hope. The certainty that you are eternal, you are forgiven, you are loved. You have done plenty to disqualify yourself. But the whole message is, He has qualified us all. So next year, you all wear white. (laughs) If it's not in your body, it's in your soul, though. The white of the hope and the joy and the glory of Easter. There is no greater plea that any preacher can make than to just tell you, put your trust and give yourself the privilege of believing that that man, Jesus Christ, has fixed your biggest problem and you're saved. And then you won't just have a happy Easter. You're going to have a happy life, no matter what your circumstances. Amen? Amen. Yeah, amen.